The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto, it's the most beautiful, the most affordable public golf course in Ontario. Trust me, would I steer you wrong? Outstanding customer service, million-dollar views, fabulous food and bevies, a fully stocked pro shop, and a championship golf course that's always in great condition. And if you book your tee time online, you save $10 per golfer. That's $40 per foursome. Such a deal. Visit crosswindsgolf.com, book your tee time online, and enjoy the splendor in the grass that is Crosswinds. And when you get there, make sure you tell them Hebsey sent you, okay? We good? All right? Let's start the podcast. Hey there, sports fans. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode 289. Do you know it's Ken Daniels Day on the show? Yeah. We'll hear from the play-by-play voice of the Detroit Red Wings, a Toronto boy, a little later on in the show. But before that, well, we got to talk some baseball. Uh, the Blue Jays rested a couple of regulars yesterday. Why Why would they do that? Why would you rest against the lowly Orioles? You should pound the shit out of them. Instead, they <laughs> lost. They lost to the Orioles. Wow. You can't be doing that. You got the Yankees coming into town for a weekend series. Anybody that wants to drive into downtown Toronto, take your chances. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm warning you right now. Stay the fuck away. Stay away from downtown Toronto. Use public transit. And if you're in Montreal, stay away. Okay? <laughs> Got the Grand Prix this weekend. Use public transit. Walk. Bike. Okay? Even in my neighborhood, they're just they're building more bike lanes, more bike lanes downtown. Keep the cars away, please. Keep the cars away. And if you're from the 905... You want to come into the 416? Better be using public transit. We're not going to stand for you. We don't care. We're right. going to charge $1,000 for parking. <laughs> Honest to God. Uh, it's nuts. Let's talk to Mark Shapiro about that. Eh? <laughs> That's a good one. Could the city of Toronto please open the lectures to our fans from the 905 and get here? He got Use the wanted. fucking go. Take a bike. Let's go. Yep. I'm with you, bud. A huge Vancouver Canucks fan led the U.S. Open after round one. Um, we're not going to give live updates on this one because like every shot, oh, it's in the bunker, it's under the bunker. He makes a great par. He misses up. It's Adam Hadwin, baby. It's exciting. People are so excited. They're like, Ooh, he's leading. He's the first ever Canadian to be leading after a round. It's one round. You got to play 72 holes. He knows that it was a good day for him. It was a better day for him than his wife. His wife even tweeted that Ooh. one of the two of them had a sort of kind of special day. Anyway, the golden state warriors are NBA champions quietly. For the fourth time in eight years. Did you know the NBA champion uh, final finals? The NBA finals were going on. Not I to watched, be, confu- I watched not to be confused with the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> right. Mike, final. Right. NBA finals. I, I was NBA watching. Final. We'll get into some sports media stuff too. Is Hockey Night in Canada is going to, uh, they're going to change. They've already changed their panel around here for the finals. If I don't know if you've noticed or not. There's only been one game of the final, Stanley Cup final, but they've changed the panel around already. Missing persons. Let's say hi to Toronto Mike. Hi, Toronto Mike. Hebsy man, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I saw you were at the Tears for Fears concert, and uh, I saw your tweet about a very tall person blocking your view. No, 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 no. No, no. This guy was standing up. He wasn't a tall person. He was standing. Everyone else was sitting. He was standing. But if I may, aren't you supposed to stand at a concert? Isn't he got, doesn't he have it right? No, no, everybody stood. Everybody stood okay. for the first, okay. you know, I don't know, three songs, five songs. And then, and then usually what happens is, and it depends on the show sure. and the crowd, but usually what happens is after a certain number of songs, 
you know, they get into something maybe a little slower or whatever. And then one person sits down and somebody, another couple sits down and, you know, eventually pretty much everyone sits for a while. And then, and then as soon as they hear the song that they love, you know, everybody wants to rule the world. They jump up. I mean, that's just the way it is. And it doesn't matter from the time I was 11 years old, any concert I've ever been to, that's always been the way, but uh, you're right. There are some concerts where you get up and you never sit down. Yeah. Never sit down and everyone has to stand up. Right. right? But, but with an older crowd and a lot of times anyway, no, no big deal. So I can look to the side (laughs) and I can, I can go back and forth. I get it. That's fine. Just so happens that that particular picture was funny because uh, in context, if I would have taken the shot from well back, it would have been hysterical. It would have been everyone sitting and one guy, (laughs) one tall, skinny guy right in the very middle front row center. Should there be a standing section? Like this is the standing section. Here's the sitting section. Everybody was fine. <laughs> and let me tell you, you know what? And it, it was, it, it's called Pine Knob. Okay. It's in Clara Clarkston, Michigan. So, and I've been, I, it, yeah. I've been there before. Anyway, it's a fabulous venue. It's just, hey, a, it's, a good it's way better than the amphitheater, the bud stage, way better. Mm-hmm. There's no right. bottlenecking, you know, in the bud stage, when you're bottleneck where, where everybody has to go through that one area and it gets really tight in there. Oh, sure. yeah, I hate can... that. Right. Hate that. Here it's nice, wide open, not really nice. And parking lot empties out in 15 minutes. Nice. Okay. And the no, show no, no, is good. No, no, How are the boys? Oh, geez, we'll never get out of here. We'll never get out of here. <laughs> How are the boys? Everybody wants to rule the world. How was it? Yeah, really good, really good concert. Excellent stuff. Very highly recommended. Uh, just a great show. Uh, it was hot. Fuck, was it hot? Yeah. Oh my god. Steamer. Crazy. So. Uh, this is what happened. I'll give you, I'll give you this is what happened. Me and Greg Brady go. So we leave whatever day it was. We drive to Detroit. We play golf with today's guest or guest later today, Ken Daniels. We golf with him. He gets nice. us, he can go anywhere and just say, hi, it's Ken Daniels. And they go, <laughs> Mr. Daniels. Right. First thing they do is they go, is Mickey Redmond with you? Because Mickey Redmond is an absolute rock star. Right. Of the nth degree. There's no yeah. one. I tell you right now, there's no one in Toronto. There's no one in Ontario. There's no one in Leafland. Nobody, not Joe Bowen, not Brendan Shanahan, not well, of the players you gotta take out of it. There's no leaf broadcaster. Yeah. There is no leaf broadcaster for sure, or writer or personality or media personality or any that matches the popularity of Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond. Wow. In Detroit. None. Like not even close. They just got voted. The athletic just did this huge article about, and they were voted, you know, they did fan votes and all that. They were voted the best sports play-by-play duo, best in the NHL. Nice. Right. They've been doing it for like, you know, a thousand years, these guys. Anyway. So yeah, we're golfing with Ken. And it's like, I said, how'd you, what do we owe you for the golf? Nothing. Well, how did, how'd you make arrangements? Ah, you know, I pick up the phone. I call a friend wow. of mine. He says, call anytime. We'd love to have you. Beautiful. Nice. Great thing. So, so we're going to go back as often as possible because, you know, free golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, and that's not a long drive, right? You can get there, what? Yeah. Uh, well, what do you consider long? I don't know, four hours, three and a half hours? What are we talking about? It depends about? on the border. It depends okay. on the border. Okay. But we're, you're prepared. You got to be prepared for that. You cannot be in a rush. Right. Yeah, you, you got to have it all planned out. So we go, we play golf. We had a great time. Went out for dinner, had a fabulous uh, time there. Uh, you know, great hotel we were at, you know, at a pool and an exercise room and a whole deal like that. And then the next day we head down into Detroit, but finally say 35, 40 minutes down the highway, the whole highway. Uh, we stop at a mall, this huge mall, massive, Great Lakes Mall. It's great Lakes Crossing, it's called. Okay. Phenomenal. <laughs> Kenny buys like 
12 pairs of shoes or sorry uh, greg brady buys like 12 pairs of shoes for his, you know, wow. his kids and his okay. wife and, you know it's a cheap really cheap 35 dollars, 40 dollars for nikes adidas you know it's crazy and then we go down to the tigers white Sox game we buy tickets for ten dollars each wow okay ten wow. bucks they were actually i think they were five dollar tickets and then there was a surcharge and uh it's a thousand degrees we we sat in the shade. We sat in these beautiful seats. He gets a foul ball. He's never caught a foul ball in his life. Amazing. And he and one's coming as soon as it's hit, right? And we're behind, we're behind home plate off to the right. So, you know, right-handed batter, you know, between home and first kind of thing. And as soon as it's hit, I go, get ready. Because he's on the aisle. I'm inside of him. I go, get ready. Okay. And sure enough, man, it takes <laughs> me. Wow. And, he, and now there's this other guy that's maybe a much younger kid and, and greg just muscles this guy out of the way muscles him out of the way pushes him out of the way right and like makes a great you know left-handed grab and there you go you got that so we had fun took some nice so you had a good time there. okay had a good time and then and then after the ball game you know went to another mall did some more shopping that kind of thing you know had a bite to eat you know changed and then right up to 10 minutes from where we're staying is pine knob and it's tears for fairs great show we're out of there, I don't know, quarter to 11, maybe back at the hotel, 11 o'clock, something like that. And then got up the next day and went to a place called Top Golf, which they don't have in Canada, but they should, which is like a, not a driving range, but like a way better. Would be like the most posh bowling alley slash billiards place slash driving range, all in one lounge. You got your own space. And uh, they dispense the balls one at a time. You know, you like wave your club over this little um, thing. And it's terrific, man. You play these little games. Okay, you shoot for that target. That's 150 yards away. You get this many points. Like, great. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. So we did that. And we both thought, boy, this would be something to invest in in Canada because you could do this year round. Great place. $37. Cost wow. That's reasonable. For an hour, man. <laughs> <clears throat> Shot some Bodog videos there. Had a good time. A lot of fun. And then drove home yesterday. And like, you know, I don't know, four and a half, four hours, four and a half hours, maybe an hour at the border, 45 minutes to an hour at Sarnia, Port Huron. Not bad. And then he wants to go to his kid's soccer practice. And I'm like, you're not driving me into, there's no way you're going to drive me into downtown Toronto. Like, there's no way I wouldn't put my worst enemy. I wouldn't let them. <laughs> so I said, you know, take, take the 407 and just drop me off at the 407 in Jane. So I got my golf clubs. I got my clothes. I got my golf shoes, right? I got a cooler bag because you got to have a cooler bag out there. And, you know, he's like, you sure? I said, yeah, don't worry about it. Drops me, he drops me off. It's literally right off the 407. It's 30 seconds off the 407. Drops me off. And I just get on the, the subway, which is the university line, right? Like it's the very sure. end there, almost the very end, 407. Grab a spot, put the golf clubs down, you know, on one seat there, put my luggage down there. Take it all the way down to Spadina, get off, call an Uber. Guys there in five minutes. I'm home. It's beautiful. Done. Um, okay. Sounds like a fantastic trip. Great trip. So can I, can I ask you, this is a quick, quick story. I try not to take up too much time, but do you have any memories of this uh, unrelated to your story, which was fantastic, but I had Amber Pay. Do you know the name Amber Pay? Whenever I wanted to hear what the traffic was, I would listen for Amber Pay. Okay. So Amber Pay. Right? Am I right? You're absolutely right. She did it for years. She did it forever. Uh, now she's in Arizona married to some pilot guy, but she used to be like working for like media relations for the CNE. And she told a story this week on Toronto Mike about Mark Hebsher arranging for this big day of doing all these things at the CNE 
And then she says she set it up with all these people and she said, you ghosted her. And I'm curious if you have any memory at all. I don't know this. what you mean by a ghost. What are you talking about? She says that uh, you were going to do this full day of media day at the CNE doing all these different things that were arranged for the great Mark Hebsher, like early 90s or something. Mm. And uh, she said you never showed. And where was I working at the time? I don't know. But I but she was wondering if you would remember any of this at all. So of course I'm just not. I would never, ever do that to someone. Okay, so she's mistaken. No, I wasn't. No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't know anything about it. Okay. In other words, was it arranged through the PR department at wherever I was working at the time? I'll have to. I'll. We'll have to settle you'll this. Have to, you'll have to. You'll have to give me a little more information. Okay? I'll get some more meat on that bone. When was it? At what time of my life was this? Was I yeah, stressed like with other 92? things? Was it? Uh, did I? You know, for sure, say absolutely, we'll be there categorically, one hundred percent. Right. Uh, was there a fee involved? Did I do it out of the goodness of my heart? Was it a charity involved? Did someone speak for me? We need some detail. Okay, you pissed me off now, Mike, because now I'm about to start my weekend, and now you. I just wanted to fire me, you up a little you've bit. Hit me with something. Yeah, it's gonna just bug the hell out of me now. Okay? I just wanted to. This well, poor woman for the last thirty odd years has gone. Then Mark Hebsher, fucking asshole, never right. fucking showed up. Cost me my job. Well, hey, let's let's let. Uh, I'm glad you have an opportunity now. I'm gonna let her know that uh, you have no, no recollection. No, don't do that for him. Don't do that. Next time I was in such a good mood. She's here. Now I'm like I must have, and I wonder how many people she told. What a prick I was. Well, I don't know, but let me see how many people heard thanks that. Thanks for that. But thanks, thanks for that. Appreciate that. I thought you should. Hey, know. so um, yeah, uh. <laughs> oh my so goodness anyway so anyway the last three i went to three baseball games this week okay here's this these were the scores 14 yeah. nothing 11 1 13 nothing three wow three different places christy pitts <laughs> rogers center and comerica park in detroit three Those nail biters 14 nothing 11 1 13 <laughs> i saw a 7 5 put out uh 7 5 fielder's choice Okay. That's Me and Brady are like, I've never, we've never seen that. I've been watching a lot of baseball. So I was like, never, we've never was that seen Christy that. Pitts? Choice. No, that was Comerica Park. That was the Tigers against the White Sox. The Tigers, Detroit, I'm going to tell you this right now. Yeah. Before Ken Daniels even arrives. Right. Detroit is the worst place in the world right now if you're a sports fan. All four of the major teams are horrible. Not, not just bad. Not just uh, horrible. Like, like horrible. Like the Red Wings are horrible. The Tigers are a joke. The Pistons, under Dwayne Casey, the last three are terrible. The Lions, one playoff win in the Super Bowl era. That's sixty years. Amazing, unbelievable, but bad. You're like a Toronto fans should be lucky. Thank their lucky stars. Even though the Leafs can't get out of the first round, thank their lucky stars that they're living at a time right now where the teams are competitive. Because in Detroit, it's like, Lee, thank God they got Michigan football. <laughs> I saw at that Christy Pitts you just referenced, you saw Danny Gallagher there, right? Yeah. yeah. I saw that photo. I was, I meant to go. Yeah, I bought his, what are you talking about? We bought his book. Serena's a huge Expos fan. Huge. Like nice. big time. I think I didn't, I mentioned it to her and her twin sister, Serena, uh, Serena and twin sister, Steph had, would keep, would keep score. They'd listen to the Expos games on the radio. They're like 12 years old, 13, wow. 14. And they would listen to the games and keep separate scorecards. They'd score the games. Okay? Okay. Is that nuts? Like, come on. Who do you know like that? No, I mean, it's just her and Getty Lee. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Serious nerdies. Right. Could tell you okay. everything about the Expos, everything about them. So, of course, naturally, her and Danny Gallagher had a lot to talk about. <laughs> Amazing. No, I mean, I the Tim the Wallach stuff. So, anyway, yeah, we got the Amazing. Book, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so the Jays could only manage to split yesterday 
you know, they lost 10-2 to the Orioles. I looked at the lineup and go, why would Charlie Montoya, like, why is, I get it, you want to rest George Springer. Is George Springer Kawhi Leonard? Is George Springer Kawhi Leonard? Like, you're playing Baltimore. You're chasing the Yankees down. Uh, why are you resting Springer? Okay. It's a long season, Hebsey. I got it, but come on, you should pound them here, right? And Matt Chapman, you're resting Matt Chapman too, who's, who's had a good week, came back, he had a couple home runs. So the Jays, so they got eight hits. No Chapman in there. You got Tappy instead, you know, or whoever. You know, you got uh, anyway. They 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 got eight hits, and Kevin Gosman couldn't get out of the third inning, and and they got stomped by Baltimore ten to two. The Yankees won their seventh in a row in like dramatic fashion. The Yankees are such such drama queens. So, they are, but like right like perfect stage for that team. Oh my God, with the Yankees, they swept Tampa. That's tough to do, and now here they come strutting their way across the border. Woo, here they come. Here come the big boys. Best pitching staff in baseball. Aaron Judge has got 25 home runs. He hits them one-handed. You see the one the other day? He reached out and poked it over the right field fence. I'm telling you, Mike, it looks like a fungo fly ball out there to right field. <laughs> Unbelievable. The Bronx Bombers, I'll say. Here they come wow. into the Toronto. By the way, 36,000-plus, almost 37,000 at the Dome yesterday, and you're trotting out. You're trotting out uh, Bradley Zimmer and Tapia and these and Espinal's your leadoff man. Come on, man. I don't think Montoya. George Springer is the greatest, uh, is, is according to some, not Ricky Henderson or his fans, the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. Well, certainly the guy is a force. Why is he sitting? DH him. Well, no, we can't do that. We got to DH Kirk. Why DH Kirk? Well, we got to play Moreno behind the plate. Well, you got a dilemma, buddy. <laughs> you got a dilemma. That's a tough problem to have. But don't take Springer's bat out of the lineup. Okay? Springer's bat should be in every day. Vladdy's bat should be in every day. Kirk, get him. Hey, the, hey, the guy's hitting. Get his bat in there. Find a way. I don't care. Okay? We, we want to replace him later with defensive replacements? Great. But come on. You want to have your best bats in there. Hey, Hebsey, okay? on your, your YouTube live stream, Peter DeMarco says, the answer is Montoyo is a terrible manager. Nah, that's not it. It's not. We can't blame it all on Montoyo. But come on, man. I mean, don't do this to your fans. Remember last year was like, did he not know that it was Victoria Day or Father's Day? Why you oh, got to play Sunday? Remember, but two years in a row, it was like, oh, I didn't know what day it was. You should be right. man. How are you going to draw fans to the ballpark? How are you going to get people interested? Right? Springer comes back. Springer missed enough games last year. You're paying him enough money. Play the guy. And if you're worried about his knees in center field or whatever, play him in right. And if you're worried about that, DH him. Okay, and if you want to have Kirk's bat, then have Kirk in there too. And Moreno, you called the guy up. Well, we're not going to have him sit. Well, okay, then you can't have everything. Trade one of your catchers for some starting pitching. When Danny Jansen comes back, you got this, you know, wealth of catching. But my God, or, or either that or just surrender to the fact, just submit, just get on your knees and submit to the fact that you're never going to catch the Yankees this year. Not going to happen. Instead of busting your hump to try to catch the Yankees, settle on the, on the top wildcard spot. Because what happens is the team, the in the playoffs this year, the division, the two best division winners, right, get a bye in the first round. The division winner with the worst record plays the wild card team with the worst record, and then the other two wild card teams, one seeds one and two, play each other, best of three. So okay, set yourself up for that. Great, but but admit, say we're not going to catch the Yankees. All right, look, you got them this weekend. Even if you sweep them, you're still seven back. And how are you going to sweep them? How are you going to sweep? You got Jordan Montgomery going tonight, okay, against Stripling. 
Montgomery's lights out. You got Manoa tomorrow. Who does he get against Jamison Tyon, who's been fantastic? And then Sunday, they got Garrett Cole. We got Kikuchi. Now, who, what do you think the Bodog odds are on that one? Garrett Cole against Kikuchi. You say Kikuchi, I say Kikichi. Come on, you got Ryu is out. He's done. Forget it. We'll never see him again. He's done. Next year is the last year of his contract. Probably won't pitch. So goodbye. Now, Stripling, who is going to be, you know, Chicken Strips was going to be your long man, your spot starter, your fifth guy, sixth guy. Whatever. Now, now he's in the rotation. So you got some problems, but you got a wealth of catchers. So maybe you make a deal for a starting pitcher. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? I think you absolutely have to. Yeah, I think if, you, if you're uh, filthy rich in one position and you need help on the mound, that's what you do, right? That's what, that's what successful teams do. I don't think so. Yeah, that's just, all right. Let's hear the Hebsey take. Since you, you're, so. uh, I think you've got a wealth. I think you, I think you find a way to get them all um, some time. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's it's as easy as just take. I think you would have to have a package. And plus, the other teams, other teams, who are they looking for? Sure, they'd love to have Gabby Moreno. You're not gonna. You just called him up. Trust me, you're not. Or or does someone come along and say, hey, how much playing time is this kid gonna get with Jansen and Kirk in front of him? Mm -mm -mm. We make a little offer here, a little sweet in the pot. We make a, a big deal now, a big, big deal. Because you're gonna have to get past the Yankees to win the World Series. I mean, we'll the fans will be thrilled to be the number one playoff and even maybe win a round of the playoffs. We'll be thrilled. Yes. But let's face it, we're not gonna beat the Yankees, right? So, or are we? Can we? So, you know, you got a hitting lineup. I don't know how many years it's going to be together, but as it stands right now, you've got the makings of a pretty, you know, a solid hitting lineup there. Is your pitching as good as the Yankees? No, it's not. Injuries, always going to play a role. You're in the same division, okay? It's possible, though. Think about it. It's possible that, you know, you could get to the World Series. You just got to find a way to beat the Yankees in a series of games. You could do it. It could be done. Set up your rotation a certain way. Sure. I don't, know, I don't like our chances. Anyway, we'll start. Hey, we got tonight. Okay. Game one tonight. We got Stripling. We got Montgomery. Let's we'll see what And happens. remember from where we've been the last couple of years, how amazing is it that we can throw, you know, have like 35,000 plus at the dome watching the Jays. Like it's just, just, let's just be grateful. We have baseball back and we can attend right. and it's normalcy. Yeah. Just please folks don't drive oh. into the city. Don't yeah, drive. Okay. Into so on the that city. note, I'm, I'm interested here because because this is of course great. Uh, this this whatever it was this letter that was sent to John Tory, but this, he got his way. And, and I wanted to ask you about this conflict of interest really briefly because John Tory is still on the Rogers payroll as some kind of consultant for like a hundred thousand a year. And of course, he's a longtime Rogers guy. Doesn't he have to recuse himself on this one? Like he gets a letter from Shapiro of the Blue Jays owned by Rogers asking to get rid of the active TO on Lakeshore so that their fans from the 905 can get to the dome easier. Like you said, public transit is the way to go to get to what a position it's by union station for goodness sakes if you can't built, bike or walk the reason it was built there if they would have right. built it out of down to everyone would have had to have driven i mean oh right. no i shouldn't say that you could get there via transit oh, sure, but not sure, as easily but, but downtown anyway yeah so um yeah it defeats yeah. the purpose don't drive in make it make it penalize people like i said this to brady's a dude take your family take it to the oshawa go or the pickering go or the whatever right. Park your car there and take right. the train in for crying out loud. Oh, $10 a person. But too bad. Don't come right. in here and, you know, and you're not going to find any parking anywhere near. So park out somewhere where there is parking. Right. And then just take the transit in because it's as it's more dependable and it doesn't clog up the downtown. 
you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Absolutely. Oh, but but before you go to the NBA Finals, which I, I watched the game last night, I want to talk about this. Andrew Wiggins is now a champion. But do you have? I know you're not. It's not on your agenda. But any comments on the Argos? Somebody in your live stream wanted to know what you thought. I think he said the, the attendance wasn't very high for the Argos opener at BMO. Do you have any? Any thoughts on the Toronto Argonauts? What do I give a shit about preseason football? Come on. Isn't it regular what? season? Is this preseason? I thought this was the regular season. I am out, out to lunch on my CFL. Is this the preseason? Your last statement, you're out to lunch. Just forget about the, the CFL. Hey. Just the out. How about the you're out to lunch part works? Okay. What are you bringing this, this stuff up season? for? What, what are you bringing this up well, for, Mike? Sports podcast I, thought this was my, I thought this was my podcast. Yeah, but your fans you're are taking in. over my podcast. This is my podcast. You invited me. Yes, so, I did. So you're this right. is you're the regular invited, season or not? Does it, you have any comments? They won. No, no it's won. my podcast. I don't want to talk about something that Argos. you want to talk about. Okay, but it was the regular season. That's all I'll say, and then I'll shut up about the Argos. It was not a preseason game. Starting to remind me of my brother. You are. You're starting you to remind me of my brother. Argos? Like, I want to punch in the head. You know that kind of feeling? You got a brother, oh, don't take you? A number, you, ever wanted, take a you number. ever wanted to punch your brother in the head? Sure. I, I've, kind course. of the way I'm feeling right now. Right. And take I'm sorry number. to be another one that's abusing you, but come on. I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors. And you said okay, you so no comment on the Argos. Let's talk some uh, You wanted NBA. to talk about something else. And this Amber Pay thing is really now bothering me because I'm racking my fucking brain. But besides okay. that, Okay, so listen to that later. Warriors. So would you say a dynasty would be four NBA titles in eight years? Would you say yes. that's a dynasty? Yes. Even though they had the worst record in the league six in the 2019-2020. Like six finals appearances in eight years and four championships. I think for sure that's a dynasty. Okay. I do too. What do you think? What do you think? I do. I think I mean, the way they beat them too. Anyway, so the, uh, the Golden State Warriors... Uh, six games. Uh, it took them to beat the Boston Celtics. They won 103-90 last night. Very quiet NBA playoffs this year. Very, you know, compared to the uh, Stanley Cup playoff, uh, just very quiet and kind of, yeah, so Steph Curry, just sort of quietly like, hello, 34 points last night. And for the first time, I didn't know this, uh, he was the NBA Finals MVP. Like the great Steph Curry. This is the first time he's that, won Finals MVP. That is and, and it's NBA Finals with an S. Let's not mistaken that with the Stanley Cup, which is the Stanley Cup final. Uh, Clay Thompson, what a story, man. What a story. Missed two full seasons, torn ACL one year, and then torn Achilles. Gets four titles, four rings, okay? And same with Draymond Green. Fabulous. These guys have been like studs. And as, as Mike alluded to, not eluded, Eluded. This is one the one thing that started to bother me more. And I'm saying, I'm slapping myself. This is, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm going, oh my God, you're using the wrong word. You're using the wrong, it's, there's no context. Things like this are really starting to bother me. This lack of context with stuff, with really good broadcasters and good writers and just sort of throwing stuff out there and, and, and no context. Got to have it. Andrew Wiggins, first NBA title. Brilliant performance. Brilliant. Okay. This guy and a primo defender, not only 18 points, six boards, five assists, four steals, three blocks. And Jason Tatum couldn't do anything. Wiggins was all over him, all over 13 points, six of 18 shooting for Jason Tatum and the Celtics. And I'm glad because I don't like the Celtics. Congrats to the Warriors. Dead last in the NBA in the 2019, 2020 season. Dead last. And by the way, their coach, Steve Kerr, Nine championship rings. Nine. Hello. I think Bill Russell had 13, which is the most. But nine. Five as a player, four as a coach. Right on. 
Uh, golf update, man, I, I'm not even going to bother. Adam Hadwin had the lead uh, for the first round. It was very exciting for BC, extremely exciting. Everybody was giddy. Ooh, you know, a Canadian, a Canadian. It's great. I don't even worry. He is now. He's, he, I saw him get up and down out of the bunker on the his first hole of the day. Beautiful, made a 12-footer. Anyway, uh, it's very exciting, but it's only the first round. And as you know, it's the U.S. Open, so there's all kinds of drama. Phil Mickelson, you know, was giving the finger to people apparently. Or Oh, no, sorry, the thumb. He was giving the thumb. But they were giving him the finger. Some weren't, some weren't. And, uh, there's a lot of drama there. So it's going to be very exciting at the, uh, uh, the club at Brookline, Massachusetts this weekend. And the fact that a Canadian led after the first round is, uh, it's exciting. Adam Hadwin's wife, Jessica Hadwin, tweeted out something to the effect of, well, we both went to work today and one of us had a better day than the other. Which was cute. <laughs> All right, the Tampa Bay Lightning look to bounce back from their uh, game one loss against the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final. The Avalanche won the opener in overtime. We watched it on ESPN. Their coverage is terrible. Terrible coverage on ESPN, with the exception of reporter Emily Kaplan. I find their coverage to be tired. Sean McDonough on play-by-play is lousy. You know, great. You know, the, the, the World Series flag will fly north of the border. That's what I remember Sean McDonough for. Sure. But hockey? Sean McDonough? Pfft, terrible. Mark Messier and Chris Chelios together? Ugh. Awful. Okay, not neither one of them I ever thought were, at, were at very glib ever. And so, you know, the, them with Steve Levy, it's like, yeah, Barry Melrose is, yeah, it's old and tired. It's not the same. Way better coverage on TNT. And, and, you know, the Hockey Night in Canada stuff is, you know, I don't know, you know, compared to TNT, it's just, it just kind of lacks, you know, it lacks, you know, something. And in fact, in the final round now here, if you've noticed, uh, Elliot Friedman, no longer part of the uh, the panel. I didn't notice this. What is the panel right now? I watched some of the game, but I didn't see any of the intermission show. Well, you got to have Jennifer Botterill there. I don't know why, but they got to have her there. I, I told you before. Not impressed. Kelly Rudy is Kelly Rudy. BX, of course, is the best of them all. And you need to have a good foil for BX. You've got to have somebody that can play with BX the way Biz Nasty can play with Gretz and talk it. And you got to have that, man. And they don't have that. Hmm. Speaking of fantastic hockey announcers, our next guest, our next guest, what am I saying? Our guest, uh, CBC, the fan. I mean, who can forget him on Olympic judo on CBC? <laughs> He's now a play-by-play broadcaster for Bally Sports. He works with uh, the great uh, Mickey Redmond, the governor of Michigan. <laughs> he's a Toronto boy, and he's the only guest we've ever had to, Mike, we've ever had to physically uh, recruit. We've had to actually in person, okay? Telephone negotiations didn't work. Uh, carrier pigeon did. We had to physically go, and I had to bring Greg Brady with me in order to secure Ken Daniels as our guest today. So welcome to the show. Kenny Daniels from somewhere in Michigan, and 45 minutes from Clarkston, Michigan. <laughs> Bingham Farms, Michigan. Bingham Farms, Hebsey. Lovely, lovely to, to see you. I, I missed hearing your, well, I don't miss hearing your voice because I listen to the podcast. So, you know, <laughs> but uh, I miss you on, even though we don't know where terrestrial radio is going down the road, but I, I love what you're doing and uh, your, your appointment listening for me. And I, I appreciate it all those years and, and nice to, to have you back on the uh, Wherever the airwaves are. Thanks, buddy. Uh, say hi to your friend, Toronto Mike. Hello, Toronto Mike. How are you, man? FOTM Ken Daniels. Always a pleasure to talk to you, buddy. You're one of the good ones. A Thank sweetheart. You, Thank you. Thank oh, you too. my God. Uh, so, Ken, I was trying to explain to Mike and the listeners the um, 
the popularity of you and Mickey Redmond. And I know you're not one to blow your own horn, but the athletic just came out with a fabulous article where you guys had been voted on by the readers as like the best, you know, uh, uh, hockey play by play and color duo. I guess you could say it that way. Can you give folks an idea how popular, not just you and Mickey together, but Mickey Red, just Mickey Redmond, the legend of sort of how legendary he is in, in Michigan. I'll give you one name without what happened in the end, Don Cherry. He's like so Don Cherry I, in Michigan? Yes. When I walk anywhere with Mickey or Mickey goes anywhere, you know how Grapes and the popularity when Grapes was at his peak? Whenever you go with Mick and like Grapes, and I was with Don because I traveled with them at times during the playoffs and go through airports, et cetera, he'd be friendly to everybody, you know? Um, and that's Mickey. Mickey will give his shirt off his back or his flannel off his body as he likes to wear he's i call him jed clampage you know he is he's a beverly Hillbillies. i called him like i don't know it was a couple of years ago now as the story goes and i called him i said what the hell and i called his home phone because for the longest time he had a flip phone and uh and i said mick i got a busy signal and he said wow you came to the right place for that because who gets a busy signal anymore this is just a couple of years ago but he is he's like in michigan um he's he's don cherry just the popularity at its peak, that's who he is, and just a, a hell of a good, good man. Good you man. think it was easier for you? you? First of all, like I knew Mickey, like you and I knew Mickey, like you know when we were working in Toronto media, he was doing the Wings games, right? And we knew mm -hmm. him from being an NHL player, and he knew who we were. He was very familiar with Toronto media, and of course, he had worked on Hockey Night in Canada, the whole deal like that. So, was it easier for you because you knew him when you slipped, when you you know slid into the chair there? How many years ago now? 20 some odd years ago, you, you took on that role? Yeah, we're going on our 26th season tied with uh, Joe Beninati and Craig Lachlan in Washington as the longest serving TV duos in the National Hockey League. Currently, when Bob Miller retired, obviously he and Jim Fox right. were together a long time. Um, I didn't know Mickey that well. I'd seen him on occasion because uh, I had done some Leaf play-by-play -play filling in for Joe, as you mm -hmm. well know, back in the well, I guess 89 through early 90s. So I'd be on the road and I'd see Mickey, you know, at the, we'd go to Joe Lewis, call some games and, and Mickey would be there. Didn't know him well, but it was the 97 playoffs when uh, Buffalo played Ottawa in the first round. And then Buffalo went on to play Philadelphia in the second round. So I was working for Hockey Night in Canada. Mark Askin was producing and I was doing the play-by-play -play. and Dave Strader, the late great Dave Strader, walked into the booth during the second round because he was doing ESPN International with Mickey. So he came into the booth and he said, uh, by the way, Mick tells me they're letting the guy go who replaced me, Dave Strader said, mm -hmm. in Detroit. Mickey wants you to send in your resume, get your tape in there. So I did. So and I don't Mickey know if, wanted, he, he, so, but Mickey yeah. wanted you to send that in. Yes. Not that I knew him well, but I guess he'd listened. Yeah, I guess uh, so. You know, yeah. And, and I sent it in and, I, and it was in Buffalo. I, I still laugh because my, my former agent and still were friends, Maury Gosfran at the time I went to the, I didn't have my cell phone with me. And uh, I went to the pay phone in Buffalo, which Mickey and I took a picture at a few years ago. It was up in the press box. There was a pay phone in the press box in Buffalo. The building's name has changed 15 times, but the, but the, the, the pay phone stayed. I, know I the used phone. to pay. Yeah, it's now gone. I went this year and the pay phone was gone. What? And I said, Mick, I'm glad we took a picture in front of the pay phone because that was the pay phone I used to call my agent. And the next day, and at the time, 
it was a movie called The Philadelphia Phenomenon with Tony Danza. It made it to VHS at the time. <laughs> and uh, I was I was filming that movie with Tony Danza about a garbage kicker in Philadelphia, a garbage, a garbage collector in Philadelphia who became a kicker for the Eagles. Right. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. It was sort of premature to when it happened. But that was the story. And I was going back to Toronto to film the next day. So we were driving back from the game in Buffalo. And I was on set at Skydome where we filmed all those scenes the next morning. But that's really how it happened. Dave Strader said, Mickey wants you to get your tape in. And then a few months later, and then after I had met uh, with the Illich family, uh, and Mickey, and just as a prelude, you know, they're interviewing other people too. And then shortly after that was the tragic limo accident with Vladimir Konstantinov and Sergei Manatsikhanov. And Fatisov was injured in that just after the Red Wings won the cup. And I remember watching CTV News that night at 11 o'clock at home in Toronto. And I thought, boy, I went down for an interview. I'm last on their list to do anything now. This, is, <laughs> this isn't going to happen. I mean, obviously, they had more important things to worry about than hiring an announcer. Sure enough, that was in June. And I didn't get hired until early September of 97. So that's how long it took. I didn't hear from anybody for a month or so, but that's the genesis of that. Nice. You're uh, but you're a Toronto boy. I mean, we knew each other. I don't know how many, mm. how many years, 40 years we've known each other. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm thrilled for your success. And we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And it was great to get together. Um, but, you know, in that time period, you know, you're raising family and doing other things and you, you moved off to Michigan a long time ago. And, and uh, like I said, very happy, but you're, you're in a situation now where you work in a city where, Every professional sports team is horrible, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. Like yeah. Toronto people are, oh, this yeah. guy get out of the first round. Wah, the Blue Jays, you know, we're one game short of making the playoffs. Wah, 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 wah. Uh, the Raptors, yeah. you know, we won a championship a few years ago. But in Detroit, really, it's 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 arid, right? It's dry. It's It's bad. Yeah. Since about the early, well, 2000, 2006, 2009, Red Wings are going, the Tigers World Series, the Lions have always been the Lions, the Pistons had won previously. So, yeah, it's been a dry spell for a long time. Um, you try to get some lottery luck that the Pistons had a little bit of, uh, you know, the Lions have a quarterback who then goes on to, to win a Super Bowl. It's been... Uh, the Lions is just the running joke, and I don't say this disparagingly, although it's going to sound like that almost, you know, to the Maple Leafs, right? right. 54 years, whatever it is, or 55 yep. now, whatever, since 67. Um, so the Lions in the same boat as that. But you're rebuilding. I think the fans here know the patience uh, that is needed. And Ken Holland, although he's been, you know, I think unfairly criticized here. Yeah, there have been some bad moves for sure when Ken was here. But at the time, some four or five years ago, he said, if you want to rebuild, it takes eight to ten years. They're outliers and people scoffed at him. But really, it is. Truly, who's got eight to ten years? But Kenny, who, what fan base can you go to and say, OK, guys, eight to ten years? Well, eight to 10 years, when he says for a rebuild, eight to 10 years, and there are outliers, Chicago, when you win the lottery, you get Patrick Kane, you get sure. Caves in Pittsburgh, sure, with Malkin, Crosby, Flurry. Look at those picks. Yes, it can happen differently. Toronto got it with Matthews. They dropped Mitch Marner. They haven't won anything yet. Haven't won around yet. So it does <laughs> Thanks take for reminding time. us about that. Yes. Thanks for well, reminding us. You what, did that on I, purpose. Look at Toronto, Mike. No. Look at Mike. Look at poor Mike. He's you think you I have know. to. We, uh I love Brendan Shanahan. Are you kidding you me? <laughs> Brendan here, I would love, I love, I'd have no ill will toward the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just facts are facts, but it takes a <laughs> long time. St. Louis came into the league in 67. They finally won the cup a few years ago. I mean, rebuilds take time. And what his point was, you maybe take five or six years to get there. 
And then year seven, you're pushing to win a round. Then maybe year eight, you win another round. Now nine, 10, 11, 12, you're consistently okay. going right. for the Stanley Cup before. And it's a different world now. We used okay. to play and guys were 34, 35. You reveled in that. We've got veteran players. Now your veterans are 27, 28. Are we re-signing them to six years? Or can we get that kid who's coming in as a phenom at 20 and give him the deal? Still got him on entry level. It's just a different world now. Yeah. But it does take time. And Steve Eisman's been here three years. Kenny started it two years before him. Probably should have started two years before that. But going into a new building, they wanted to keep a 25-year playoff run going. I get it. Oh, I personally think it should have. Yeah, ah, I thought it should have started earlier. Ah, so, yeah. okay, they're into year five. Let's The Red Wings, I don't think, are going to make the playoffs next year. Maybe the year after. Okay, yeah. now you're into year seven. And then the next year, maybe you went around year eight. Then you're consistently, hopefully, if you get some picks in the next few years, now they're coming. To me, I, I, don't, I don't think he's wrong. They're outliers. Yeah. But I think in a full rebound, full rebuild to be a contender, yeah, it's eight to ten years. I think it's interesting and refreshing here, and I'm not just you know blowing smoke here that the play-by-play man for the last 26 years for the Detroit Red Wings is saying that he doesn't think the Red Wings are going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, if, that, if anyone in Toronto ever did that, they'd be fired on the spot, man. You're working for Rogers, you're working for Bell. You can't say that. You can't tell the viewers not to. It's like saying to the viewers, don't watch because we're not going to make the playoffs. So I think that's a real bold statement. But at the same time, it says something about the media and the difference between the two markets and who better to make that comparison to someone like you. So tell me now, is it like this all over Detroit with the sports teams? If the teams aren't performing well, are, are the rights holders allowed? Are the... Are the announcers more allowed to say what's on their mind or are they more, you know, restricted to look, we work for the team. We have to be careful. I, in all the years I've been with the Detroit Red Wings, we've never been told what to say nor what to do. And I'll give you one story. 2002 playoffs. Do you remember uh, Brendan Morrison and Todd Bertuzzi and Marcus Naslin, the West Coast Express? with the Vancouver Canucks. We're playing the Detroit Red Wings and Vancouver's up two games to nothing, win two games uh, at Joe Louis Arena. This is the, you know, and 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 we're going, uh, the team 0-2 was the best team. I mean, seriously, you put that team together. The fourth line of the Red Wings was uh, consisted of Larry Onoff and uh, Holmstrom and Luke Robitaille. Think about that. That was the fourth line for the Detroit Red Wings in 02. So they're down two games to none. We go out to Vancouver and the Sedins have been playing well. We're on the bus at, at boarding practice the next day. And Mickey Redman and I always sat behind Ken Holland on the bus. So we were second row. Kenny was first one on the right as you walked in. And Kenny turned to us and he said, uh, so you two guys, and this is morning of game day skate, game three. And he said, you guys think the uh, Sedins are, are, are playing pretty well, huh? And we said, well, yeah, the first two games, yeah, an overtime winner. Yeah, they're playing pretty well. He goes, Mr. Illich thinks you do too. So Mickey laughs, and I laugh, then Con Holland laughs. But that was it where Mr. I, late great Mr. Illich, probably thought we were talking too much about the Sedins, and our team was down by a couple of games in the opening round of a team that's expected to win the cup. So Mickey and I, we laughed about it, but I don't think we mentioned the Sedins for the rest of the series. They got it. There, there they go. I don't think I we mentioned it. them by name. But at any rate, that was the only time, and it was half-heartedly, that anything has ever been said to us. So we don't, I think if you were to ask Steve Eisenman now, honestly, 
if he thinks the Detroit Red Wings, now I don't know what he's going to do as a coach. We don't know what he's going to do in free agency, but he knows there's a build there, which is why when people came to me three years ago and said they should fire Jeff Blasher, I said, not a chance. Why the hell would you fire Jeff Blasher? Right now, the kids are progressing, and you saw what he did with Sider and Raymond. Now, he'd been here seven years, so, you know, missed the playoffs the last six. Okay. But if they're going to fire Jeff Blasher three years ago, what does it do? You're raising expectations. Why would you raise expectations when you're not really expected to win? And I think Steve Eisenman would tell you now, just look at the division you're in. Ottawa and Buffalo should both be better. I don't say Montreal. Boston, well, with the injuries they have, may take a step back. But you got Tampa and Florida in the top two in that division. Then you got Boston. Oh, did I mention the Maple Leafs? Who are you beating out to make the playoffs? Let's be realistic. Who are you beating out in the Atlantic division to make the playoffs? And then you got the Metro. So just look at the other teams. I'm not saying the Red Wings won't be more competitive than they were last year. And believe me, they were competitive. But from 11 on down, they allowed that many goals. 11 goals, 10 goals, 9 goals, 8 goals. Every game, they ran the spectrum. So they were out of a lot of games. They were also competitive. We saw a great year from Sider, a great year from Raymond, two rookies. Simon Edvinson coming this year, who they hope will be a stud defenseman, and where they pick in the draft. So, yeah, see, we don't anyways, care because we're Leaf fans here. People... We don't have hardcore Detroit Red Wing fans here. It's great that you're talking about the wings, but that you don't have to. I'm giving you perspective on yeah, why but, I yeah. think that you down the me road. In the middle of June, you're giving me perspective on next week's team that's not going to make the playoffs, okay? Did you see this mug, by the way? Did you see this mug? Oh, I like nice. that. Yeah, I like that. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, a little hey, listen, bit of we've got um, uh, one, of our, uh, one of our viewers, listen, uh, uh, Ted Nesbitt says, uh, love Ken Daniels. We're big supporters of the Jamie Daniels Foundation. And the Red Wings Foundation. Now, i i had my I had my Jamie Daniels shirt on earlier, the white shirt, the white shirt that you gave me. The only thing is that, as you know, Ken, the color balance was just white. It was just (laughs) white. It was too white, Uh, and so uh, it didn't uh, make. But anyway, um, um, you know, you and I, like, we were out of touch for a number of years, uh, and you know, we we caught up last uh, the other day. Uh, Tell us about the Jamie Daniels Foundation. Jamie Daniels Foundation started in 2018. I lost my son, Jamie, uh, substance use disorder, and he was uh, 228 days uh, clean and and sober uh, in Florida, working at a law firm and uh, got patient brokered, uh, which uh, I won't go into the whole details about it because I don't think you you need to hear about all that. But if someone wants to uh, Google patient brokering, you'll see where it's just the greedy side of the recovery business. And he went to a home where he shouldn't have gone to live with the offer of free rent, where they just basically built the insurance industry, which back in 2016, 2015, we knew nothing about. And someone in that home, which was to be a sober home for safe, sober living, was anything but. And they gave him a pill that was laced with fentanyl. And it took his life uh, in his sleep. Should he have known to take nothing? Absolutely. But when a doctor associated with that home put him on anxiety medication that was Xanax, which a recovering addict should never be on, he felt secure and um, lost his life. And what I'll say is, you know, people can be addicted to prescription medication. That's what happened with Jamie. He was at Michigan State and a friend at the frat said, hey, let's get high and you take some prescription pills, Xanax or whatever. Well, unfortunately, Jamie, the chemical receptors in the brain's changed. He was hooked within five days. Somehow still graduated from Michigan State, told me, dad, I need to get clean. This is a few years I need later. I need to go to rehab. And God bless him, he did. And then the greedy side of the recovery business took his life. I'll tell you, watch it. Watch it. It's on Hulu with Michael Keaton called Dope Sick. It'll tell you all about the industry and what it is. And that's what the Jamie Daniels Foundation does. Awareness, 
We try to end the shame and stigma surrounding substance use disorder. It can happen to anybody. Don't think it can't or you're fooling yourself. And uh, we offer resources. We write grants. Seven Michigan colleges now. We have recovery programs in. We're opening up a, uh, we'll be associated with a uh, substance use disorder clinic for adolescents uh, with uh, if you don't have the ability to self-pay, we will look after you. And that's what we're doing here in Michigan and hope to take it nationwide. And since 2018, the Jamie Daniels Foundation has raised $1.2 million and we're putting it to good use. Go to jamiedanielsfoundation.org for more information. If anyone's struggling, please visit. Done. All right. Um, did you, uh, were you surprised when um, you saw that John Tortorella uh, had uh, been signed by the Flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, we're talking about, you just, uh, we're just talking about, you know, fire the coach, not fire the coach. Philadelphia seems to me to be the play. I, I'm not sure I can describe what it would be like to be a Flyer fan. And I think every, you know, if it's not the goalie, it's the coach, but like now John Tortorella, is this a, is this a forward thinking step or is this a, oh my God, we have to do something type of step. Can I put my bias out there right now? Of course, I, I want you to, Ken. This is this is why we had you on, because you can say things like the Detroit Red Wings, uh, you know, help pay my salary or, help, you know, are, uh, are not going to make the playoffs this year and maybe not next year. Because, of course, we want to hear what you have to say. Tell us. Okay, well, I hope they make it a year from now. We'll see what Steve does in free agency. You never know. But uh, I, if you look at me and I, if you put a mustache and goatee on, as John Tortorella says, I'm your better looking older brother. So Torts and I have been, when we do split screen in the game, and this is the fun that Mickey and I have. If Torts is coaching, we'll do a split screen of me and Torts. So I talked to Torts quite a bit. I, I don't think he was ever in the, I know he wasn't in the Red Wings plan as head coach. Um, I think, although his record for first year in cities is not good, I think he got in the playoffs with Columbus. But overall, that's not the case. Uh, and a city like Philadelphia doesn't have a lot of patience. But I love John, John Tortorella. I know a lot of players, and I've spoken to them, who played for Torts. They love playing for John Tortorella. There's the outliers, Brandon Dubinsky. There are some others who don't. Okay. But for the most, and no, not every player is going to love the coach. I can tell right. you the guys on our team who didn't like Jeff Blaschel. Well, of course, you know, you're going to have, yeah. you're always going to have that. But I think the way, the way we look at, we look at Tortorella through the media, right? Like the way he is with people, like, like short with reporters and stuff like that. You're naturally going to think, oh my God, this guy's like a real jerk, oh. right? He's oh. like, what a I jerk this guy here. is. I would have loved him. And John and I, not that we talk a lot, probably once every three months or so, yeah. maybe, and we'll text more than we talk. But I remember we had the, you talked about the Jamie Daniels Foundation and we roasted Mickey Redman live in 2019. The last two years were done virtually and you can find them on our website. And <laughs> roasted, we live. Wait, roasted live sounds like it's conjuring up this roasted <laughs> live. You roasted Mickey live? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? With him, it's more of a tribute than even a roast, but I get what you're saying with the roasted right. live. Yes. We had the celebrity roast of Mickey in 19, Scotty Bowman virtually in, in 2020. And uh, this past year, Brett Hull, which our foundation was just honored with an Emmy Award. And it was a really nice show. And we get our message out there and we, we roast uh, the, the player nice. and or the coach. And we were going to roast Scotty Bowman live was the original thinking. And I, I called John and he thought about it. He was with Columbus and then he had stuff going on. And then he called me back. He said, you know what, Kenny? I don't want to get up there and do these things. I hate these fucking things, he said. I don't want to do them. How about I just send you a check? And sure enough, he wrote us a nice, big, fat check nice. uh, to the Jamie Daniels Foundation rather than that's John Tortorella. Very John beautiful. Tortorella, and he cares for dogs, takes in strays with the horses. He's got he's an animal lover. He's just 
you can talk hockey, you can talk life. His son had served overseas, Nick, for many, many years. You think that, that, uh, that he and his wife, Christine, you go for, you got your, your son overseas uh, fighting for, for the country. And that's why John is so much into the flag and what he thinks of, of the United States. And I, I just love how caring he is. The players love how caring he is. He'll give you a shit. There's no doubt about it. And the media too, but he can also have fun. And if you know, John, you Love know, it. that's who he is. And, and everything comes from the heart with him. He doesn't mince words and you got to take it. He's never been short with me. I'm short enough. He's never been short with me, but we also have, I think he respects passion and I think he respects good questions. I think he respects those that are thought out. If you're not, he has no time for that. And he'll tell you so good for him. You know, the good I, question, I, don't ask it. You know what? I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Ask me a thoughtful question or yes. don't op- or don't open your mouth just because right. you feel that you have to like, well, you know, what, how'd you feel? Yeah. A thoughtful question requires a thoughtful answer, a quick, you know, reactionary type question. That's what you're going to get. You know, you ask a yeah. question, it's not well thought out or well-framed. You're going to get it right back at you. I agree a hundred percent. I'm glad you cleared that up about torts. Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. And, and in Philadelphia, always going to yeah. have his battles. Oh, you know, yeah. the oh, it'll be great. Oh, oh and Carter Hart, when he struggles, we're going to see because they were basing it all on that. That's why Ron Hextall was gone because, hey, you know, didn't want to bring oh. up Carter Hart. And oh, they man. did. He was fine early, then really struggled. So we'll see how it goes. They're going to have some moves to make. What do they do with Proveroff and the blue line? But you're Leaf people. So we're not going to talk about Philadelphia. Right. But, Thank but anyway, carry on. Uh, over to Toronto, Mike, for uh, he's got his hand up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, really, I just want to let the world know what a sweetheart Ken is. I mean, this is a man who recently went through his uh, archives, like all the Maple Leaf and uh, Blue Jay memorabilia he had saved from his time working at CJCL and CBC here in Toronto. And what did this man do when he had a box full of this gold this old, from the early 80s, mid 80s? Yeah. This man shipped it to me. So what's your question for the great Ken Daniels? Uh, okay. There's a great background and we had heard the story before. Do you have a question for the man? Oh, I've never, no, I've never told that story in Hebsey on sports. My question is, no, no, uh, I've told the story. Remember it's Mike. Remember it's my podcast. I've told this before. You just threw it to me. This is what <laughs> I want to tell even, the man. He's a no, sweetheart. I, I don't have a question for Ken. Daniels. Oh, you don't have a question for Ken. Okay. Go, okay. No, I have a question. I didn't have my hand I, up. Oh, for oh, I, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, Appreciate the thought though, Mike. The, the Jamie Daniels foundation, but then you, uh, you, you read that tweet. So, uh, Great work there. Great work. Thank there. you. Thank you. Um, Steve Eiserman. So he looks like the kind of a guy who you're not going to tell you anything, right? Like, no, you know, when nothing. he was a player, you didn't offer. He's not the kind of guy to go, hey, Ken, come on over here. Got a few stories for you. Not that kind of guy, right? No, he is not. But the last few years, and we've had him, we know I've done some things for the Red Wings with sponsors, yeah. et cetera. Boy, when, when, he, when he wants to talk, He's so engaging. He's got that wry sense of humor. And he's just, you know, he, he, he's very quick. He's glib, but he, very insightful when he speaks. Like even, even at the, the, the news conference sort of end the season and then they're asking him about the future. And, and at one point he said something like, you realize I'm trying to say something here without really saying anything. And it was so true. I mean, at least he admits it. He's trying to give people something, but he's trying to say nothing. And right, everybody right. laughed, but that's his sense of humor. Yeah, no, I got no, it. He, yeah. yeah, he's not that engaging. No, but you, a guest that you've had on, Darren Pang, great buddy he is, and just hung out with Panger there and watching game one of the series uh, the other night. 
uh, of the Stanley Cup final, you know, just Panger and Steve. I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall. But those two are very tight, and we love Darren Pang. And and uh, Steve is just – nothing got out of the room when he played when he was captain, and that's why uh, that team that uh, he spearheaded won a hell of a lot. And he'd call people out. And at times he'd call media out uh, when he had to. But in the situation he's in now, nothing gets out. I, you know, he's, he's Lou Lamorello 1A and 1B, really, where it's just quiet. And he knows if this leaks out, it's not happening. And I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. That's okay. Nothing ever got out of the dressing room with the Red Wings either because the players respected him. And they knew it was all about winning. And it's the same thing now where he's at now. And Pat Verbeek, who I was close with, Pat Verbeek was my broadcast partner for a couple of years and was absolutely wonderful. Mm. And when Pat was assistant GM, he said, you know, my boss won't be, I can't tell you that my boss would kill me if it ever got out. Pat knew it wouldn't because I don't want to be that guy who leaks something out. I just wouldn't. So I'm not on Twitter. I find no need to spilling. I don't need to break in. That's not my world. But um, I think Pat's going to follow in Steve's line too. And that's why you see Julian Breesbaugh doing such a great job now in Tampa. They learn from the best. Uh, we don't have a lot of time here, but, uh, and Mike alluded to this because you had sent him this treasure trove of stuff, which, and he had done a show, he alluded to that. It was just great. The stories are great. And I was there for some of that, you know, reporting, you know, you were there for CBLT and, yeah. and CPC and all that. But the Ballard era is like people <laughs> who weren't, like, you know, people who weren't around or didn't remember it. Like Mike was pretty young at the time, for example, but that generation like, tell us more about this Ballard guy. Almost as if it's a mythical character. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I've got great Ballard stories. and I've told them on the show before and Mike's heard them. But, but like, is there one in particular that where you just went, oh, my God, like, yeah, this guy, this guy owns the Toronto Maple Leafs. This guy is the one who makes the decisions, like the personnel and the coaching to say, oh, my God, like as a reporter, because I can think of one. But do you tell me yours? Well, I know that. Well, there are many. And I know one time. Uh, Wendell Clark was walking down the hallway and it was late in the day and, and Harold was coming down the other way and he, he turned to him and he said, Russ, you let me know if you got any problems with your contract. <laughs> Wendell, <laughs> Russ. I mean, crap like that. You can't make it up. But I, I know, I know that you uh, obviously know the clips about Harold Ballard with women in the dressing room because I send the Toronto mic and I and I won't. Oh, but you got to tell us though that that's the thing. Tell us like. Well, there's that. The... One, there, there's that one. But let me let me go back. Well, what does he say I... instead of pulling the clip out? Like what? Like you're standing there and you asked the question. What did he say? Come on, what did Ballard say? He said it to your microphone. He did. That's true. You you what have the say? clip. I, I wish Mike had it ready to roll and you just run the clip. No, 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 when, no. I want to hear from I, you because you're standing there, man. What did the dude when say? When I asked Harold Ballard, and that was the whole debate when the women couldn't go in the dressing room, and he said, I tell the women all the time, if they want to go in, take your clothes off and go on in because we got guys in there with gunks as long as your arm. <laughs> and I said, Harold, we can't say that until he goes, why not? It's the truth. Well, we never ran it, oh but yeah, God. he said it, oh, I know, they, but that's, can uh, you imagine in no, today's could, world, if yeah. that, how the rudeness of something like that in today's world, if that from an owner of a team would never, I mean, Ken, did never. you ever consider, okay, so let, oh. you just, so you're, you're at the CBC at the time, right? Yeah. Okay, so was the was it ever discussed to just bleep out the words? Like no, bleep out the you know, no. We wouldn't have not even then. Not even then, because no. I'm thinking, like no. if I had that clip at Global, 
I for sure would have pushed Taddy to say, look, you got the only, like we had no, oh, wait a second. Global might've had the rights to Leaf games at the time. And that was around the time where Dave Hodge said something that Ballard didn't like. And like, because Dave it. spoke his mind and is the best. Um, right. But, but by that same token though, Ballard still no. said, you know, I wouldn't even know that was so, that was wow, so vulgar man. and so out there. I couldn't imagine. And, and in today's why I think it's even more disgusting. It's, it was, it was horrific. But you no, would have to I, you would have to run that and expose Ballard as the person that he was at the and time. And would it even he, have mattered then? Would it even have mattered then? I don't know. Man. I don't know if it would have. I think maybe I'm trying to think back, Mark. And Deb Lytle Kwan, who was my producer at the time, and she was Deb, so yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful, Terrific. wonderful lady. Um, I think maybe at the time we maybe would have used. I told women to go in there if they want to take their clothes off and go on in. I can't even remember if that was part of the story that I ran. Maybe that part. But after that, you never would. But I remember the first time meeting Harold Ballard, I was at CJCL. I don't even know, was it CJCL at the time? I think so. Or was it 14, Music of Your Grandmother's Life? I can't remember whether it was still at 1430 or what it was at the time, like 1990 or 89 and 88, whatever it was around that. It was then. long the gone. Fan, the fan hadn't come in yet. I know you were. But I called Maple Leaf Gardens and I was doing the overnight shift at the time. Yeah, so it would have been like 80, oh God. Would have been even earlier. Would have been early 80s. I'm sorry. It was still music of your grandmother's life. Whatever. And I was at the radio station and I called Maple Leaf Gardens 8 o'clock at night. I know when it was because the Moscow Circus. He banned the Moscow Circus coming to town because they shot down the Korean jet airliner KAL-007 was a jetliner that was shot down by the Soviets. And Harold canceled the Soviet Moscow Circus. Okay. So I called Maple Leaf Gardens to get a comment from Harold and he answered the friggin' phone. I called Maple Leaf Gardens from the newsroom at 1430. Oh, and I told him my name. He had no clue who I was. And I'm just a young reporter starting out. Come on over. How do I get there? Go through the hot stove. They'll, they'll, they'll send you up. I get to the front door upstairs where Harold Ballard lived at Maple Leaf Gardens. And there he is in a tiger cat t-shirt and boxer shorts. I wished I had today a camera on a phone. They weren't cell phones back then. I wish I had photos of it, but he granted me an interview. He signed two posters, which I still have, the cancellation of Moscow Circus. And I was in his apartment about Maple Leaf Gardens for about a half an hour, just shooting the shit with Harold Ballard. Those are moments I'll never forget. And I wish I still had the tape from that. I wish I had pictures from that. He had a big tiger cat on this round, this oval bed he had with a big tiger cat bedspread on it. I'll never forget being up there, just Harold and I just shooting the breeze. And I came back with tape the next morning. Guys couldn't have been happier. And as a young reporter, you know, you're trying to impress at the time. Holy crap, you got Harold Ballard ran all over on it. I was the only one who had him. So that was pretty cool for a first meeting. Yeah. And look where you are today. Like maybe if yeah. maybe if if you had never gotten that, you might have never advanced through the uh, through the ranks. Maybe. Thank uh, you, Harold. Yeah, thanks to Harold Ballard for that. Uh, okay, Kenny, man, awesome having you. Uh, uh, Thank you, Mike. Anything else we do we want to add? No, just to let you know, I did. I do have that audio if you want the uh, twenty seconds of Harold Ballard. Oh yeah, yeah. Go you ahead. Have you got it? Okay. Yeah, of course. What uh, a producer! What, what a producer! You ask for something, boom, it's there. See? Let's hear it. Hold on, let me get this as okay. loud as I can. Want to bring a broad in? That's the worst thing. If the broad comes in naked. I'm going to tell you, it takes her a lot longer to get out than it does to get in. And I told her those were the conditions. Take your clothes off and go on in. Because we got guys there with cocks as long as your arm. <laughs> we got to do some bleeping here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> can't use that, Harold. Why? What's the matter with it? Well, Harold, I'm it... telling the truth. 
Maybe it'll give them a little more ass somewhere. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's what we dealt with on a daily basis. You never knew what you're going to get. That's why yeah. when you sat up there at practice, if you, you know, you could sit there with Harold. You never knew what he was going to say. And you just wanted the mic to be running. Yeah. My story is I'm sitting there. He's sitting next to Milt Donnelly. He pulls out a hypodermic needle. He, he, uh, <laughs> with his mouth, he bites off the you know plastic end. But that gives it the little squirtsky. And right through his dirty pants and everything, just jabs himself. Just jabs himself, or I guess stuff for diabetes or whatever, and then, and then, and then like I'm just what the hell? <laughs> I do, I I do have one more. I do have one more. Okay, let's hear say, it. Let's call us say doing play by play on radio again for Bonesy. Uh, how many games did you do, by the way? You did a couple. Of, and by the way, I heard the we tape did. you ran a while ago. You're very yeah. good, you know, play by play. You really were. That was the time that Bonesy. I mean, he had a streak going. I, I think I'm serious. I think he missed one game, and the one game was. I'm in the press box and, and um, Bob Stella comes up to me and he says, you're doing play by play tonight. I'm going, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, Bonesy like wrenched his back, shoveling his driveway or something like that. And he's, he couldn't move. So Andy Frost, who was the pregame host at the time on radio, he says, you know, hey, Andy, come on, you're, you're doing my role and I'm doing, I'm doing Joe and it's the Leafs Montreal. And that was the one, like the one NHL game that I had done. But yeah, that was, yeah. those were like, um, yeah, man, those were, those were heady days. Those were heady yes. days. Yes. So, and, and he did a great job. And I, I was you, filling you. in for Joe was on Global. Okay. Uh, we did 35 games a year. Global did about 30, 35 games a year. Right. And I, okay. I, I, I tend the first year and then, and then I had the full run for a few years. Right. And I were in La Colise. And I don't know if you remember the old La Colise. You had to oh, leave yeah. the press box and go down into the concourse to go to the bathroom. Harold Ballard was having none of it. And Bob Stellick was standing next to him. That's my dog, Jack Daniels. And then we, we go, I, I go past Harold during the first intermission to go out to the bathroom. And I look over and I, and I can hear it hitting the radiator underneath the uh, press box. And there's Harold just taking a leak. Right there, while he was sitting there, I looked at Bob, and Bob's just shaking his head, and Harold had no part of going down into the concourse to go to the bathroom, and he could walk at the time, he was fine, just opened up the pants and let her go. Wow. Couldn't believe it. Okey-dokey. <laughs> Okey-dokey. And on that note, and you're now the dog's barking too, because, uh, right? And the reason you want to explain before you go, why, you, how come you're sitting outside? Normally you'd be doing this in like, you know, with a fabulous background with like all your sports memorabilia in your den. I get that. Why you outside? Yes. Well, actually we're under construction. So you wouldn't even seen sports memorabilia today <laughs> because my wife is teaching a fitness class in her studio right next to my office, which is still under construction. Hey, Jack Daniels. Let's you want to say hello to Mark Hebsher? Let's yeah, see where Jack is. Yeah, let's hey, take a look J because J we saw JD, come here. Come here. Hey, Jack Daniels, what's going on? That's What's Jack it? Daniels. Jack. Nice. Can you see him? Oh, that's a good-looking dog. That's, uh, yeah. that's one a of those boy. Uh, it's a golden doodles. doodle. Doodles. Yeah. Golden He's doodles. a golden doodle. So I'm heading there later today. I'm going out Ooh, to the look pool. Look at that backyard. Look at that, eh? Oh, that's, that's where I'm going. See, folks, this is what you can aspire to. You want it, you know what? You got to go out there. You got to get the owner to say, you know, you know, things. You got to work your way up. You got to, you know, do your thing. You got to be a backup for a while there. You know, you got to try judo yeah. in the Olympics, all that stuff. Ken Daniels, a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for the golf this week. Uh, uh, my thank, pleasure. Thank Mr. Bowman, Scotty Bowman's yes. uh, grandson. Thank you. Thank him. <laughs> That's not that Scotty Bowman, <laughs> but the other. Hebsey, great, great to see you and Greg and Toronto Mike today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. All the best. Thank That's you. Ken Daniels. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Oh, my God. John Tortorella, four years with the Flyers. Can you imagine being in the Flyers media? You're going, and they're going, oh, guess what? Tortorella is the coach. And you're going, this is great. 
This is great. After every game, after before every game and after every game, we're going to get, who knows what we're going to get from John Tortorella. Would, I'd like to follow a coach like that. Mike, do you think that would be cool? Yeah, well, it's it's fun when it's not your predictable canned uh, answers. Like, give me something. Like, instead of just reading the the playbook or the screen, the the yeah, the the, the those cliches or whatever the typical response is from a coach these days. Yeah, that's got to be refreshing. I would think so. I think that would be so, something to sink your teeth into, like something that's you know different. Well, something to look forward to, like, like you say, like not the same old. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But I I do agree, and I like what he said there about. If a reporter is going to ask a question of a coach, now remember, there's two different ways. One, the old way used to be you could go up individually to the coach. You could say, can I have a few minutes with you and do the one-on-one interview, whether it's print or whether it's, you know, audio or TV. Hmm. Now it's everyone is listening. It's being recorded. It's being broadcast live, right? You are now part of this press conference as the reporter. And so your question can't be the way it used to be, where there's a bunch of people going like, and no one said, hey, this was the question, and we're, we're including the question in our clip. You would only hear the response from the coach, but now right. you hear the whole thing. So now there's context, like, why did he act that way? Well, let's listen to the question. How was the question framed? Did the reporter sound snarky? Did he sound like he was trying to start a fight? You know, there's all of that. That's where you need that context. So now the reporters are now exposed. In other words, if you want to be part of this, you would better ask a succinct question. You would better think before you ask that question about what kind of response you're going to get. And if you get a certain kind of response, well, maybe it's your fault for antagonizing the coach or making it just a blank statement or not even asking a question. Sometimes it's not even asking a question. Hey, Mike, it's yeah. sort of an open-ended, like, hey, coach. Yeah, tough loss tonight. And then you just want them to go. Yeah, <laughs> like, because essentially you're looking there? for just the clip. Right. You're yeah, you need, for a you need nice that little soundbite, soundbite from the coach. Right. But right. what happens is you become exposed because someone is running the press conference live or someone is using the, not just the clip of the coach, but the question that led up to it. Well, this is what keeps getting uh, Steve Simmons in trouble is that uh, people go to town on on his questions like that, for sure. But and again, is is there such thing as a dumb question? Is there really such thing as a stupid question or should we hold the reporters now to a higher standard because their questions are being broadcast? Again, it used to be the reporter would get the thing right. Nobody's going to come along and say, hey, what was the question that preceded that? No one right. in those days would say, how did you get that? Now, sometimes the reporter would keep would would. Uh, include their question in the clip <clears throat> to provide the, that context, right? Sometimes it was an ego thing. Oh, that was a good question by me. I think I'll include that. Whereas they, what they could have done, the reporter could have included that particular line in their story by saying in the voiceover, I saying, and then I asked him what he thought of this. And then you run the clip or you just run the question as it was, you know, like live real time. And it, it depends. There's a lot of things like that. Like when I asked Mike Milbury at the time, like his team got their ass kicked for the second game in a row and people came out and they started asking softball questions. Hi, Mike, what'd you think of this? And I think, what'd you think of that? And you can see that he was upset. This team just lost the game, you know, eight to three. And I'm like, man, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't what people would want to know. Right. You got, so I said, I got to ask a question that you're not going to like the question, but it's a legit question. So I said in front of everybody, right. I said, is your Mike, is your team humiliated in there? And I thought his answer would be something to the effect of, 
well, yeah, man, like we got beat eight, three at home. Like we got our butts kicked, like something like that. But instead, you know, he went, you know, fuck off. <laughs> what kind of question is that? And immediately turned it. So that it was my fault. Right. So that anything he would say after that was as a result of me asking right. what he thought was a stupid. And then he said, that's a stupid fucking question. Right. And I thought to myself, I don't think, I don't think it is a stupid question. And, and, like the reporters around me were kind of like, you know, that's a, it was, it was an okay question to ask, but now look at him. He's mad. Right. And then, and then what happened was, so he answered the, he says, that's a stupid fucking question. And I said, uh, uh, he says, and you're a stupid fucking reporter. <laughs> and then I, and then I said, well, you're a stupid fucking coach. <sighs> and that's what I said. And then he just sort of brushed me off. And then another question came from someone else, somewhere else. And, and, and then he answered that. And then the guy standing next to me, asks a, like a really a question that was like mike back in game four of the second round series against you know hartford or whatever the fuck it was did, did, did that have something to do like it was a, just a totally like off the wall like way out, out of context what the heck kind of question was that and mike thought i was asking that question like he thought it was the same reporter that had given him the first question. And right. he said, that's it. No more fucking questions. And like, like almost turned the table, like with, had the microphones <laughs> on it, like, and then stomped away. Right. And everyone, every reporter looked at me. They all turned to me. <laughs> like, what the fuck kind of question was that? And I'm like, that wasn't me. That was this like some other guy that had me stand, standing next to me. So it was all context, man. I, I was forced to, I, I was forced to apologize. I'm not, I'm not apologizing. The NHL came to me and said, you have to apologize. I said, for what? It was a huge deal. It was all over Edmonton television, edited in the newspapers. Like, he said, what? Mike, Mike Milbury said, fuck <laughs> off. That's what he said. It's terrible. Anyway, that's it for episode 289 of Hebsey on Sports. <laughs> thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. And thanks to our great sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. Go to crosswindsgolf.com, book your tee time online, and save 10 dollars per golfer 10 bucks per golfer pretty darn good crosswindsgolf.com thanks to our guest ken daniels play-by-play -play voice of the detroit red wings and as you heard a hell of a guy and thanks to you for listening and allowing us into your headspace back with another exciting episode next week when our host when our guests will be when our host will be me our co-host will be toronto mike and our guest will be blue jays central host jamie campbell nice Till then, have a great weekend. So long for now.